0: So Abuna asked me to just to uh, pick a topic that is kind of close to my heart. So one of the books I love is the book of Proverbs. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. So uh, the book of Proverbs is one of kind of those unique books in the Bible. It's, um, I'd say, maybe a a hidden gem. We don't read it often um, in church services. It's not part of our agbeya but it's uh, one of these books that's just full of uh, practical wisdom and practical, practical advice um, in our lives. So, um, and the book, it's 31 chapters and it's full of um, these short sayings, right? So rather than uh, longer narratives or, or longer discourses, um, it's, it's the majority of the book is, is these short one or two line um, pieces of advice or sayings. Um, and they're supposed to be taken, uh, Abuna Tedros Melody has this really nice saying as spiritual vitamins, something that we take, you know, daily or throughout the week um, just to help us to stay strong spiritually. So uh, the book of Proverbs is actually one of three wisdom books uh, in the Bible, so it is a um, with, along with the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Job. It's considered the the, the, the wisdom portion of the Bible, but it's also one of three books that um, is attributed to King Solomon. So um, so King Solomon is said to have authored or to have been involved in um, writing the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. So, um, and old Jewish tradition um, has this kind of, uh, metaphor or comparison to the books of Solomon with uh, Solomon's temple in the sense that uh, Proverbs is the, the outer court portion of the temple. So that's where the everyday life occurs, where most of the believers interact. Um, the people who are, who are um, coming to the temple, they're mostly in the outer courts. So that's where you know, practical life occurs, is in the outer court. Whereas Ecclesiastes, um, now you enter into the holies. So Ecclesiastes, whereas Proverbs is, is more about um, practical day-to-day life, Ecclesiastes now is, gets a little bit deeper into what is really the meaning of life, what's important. You know, the, the author of Ecclesiastes continues to say throughout the book, all is vanity, right? So it's kind of a comparison against Proverbs to say, you know, what is really important in, 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 our, in our lives. And then we get into the, the holy of holies, which is the song of songs which deals with that intimate relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. So it's, it's our intimate intimate relationship between us and God. So today we'll stay in the outer courts. So we'll talk about kind of that practical life um, advice that, that Proverbs gives us. So Proverbs is a book mostly dealing with wisdom, right? How to, how to live in a wise way versus how to live in a foolish way. But it's a different kind of wisdom than what maybe, you know, we typically think of or, or what the world thinks of when they talk about wisdom. So, you know, when you think of someone who's wise in this world, right, what do you think of? Think of someone who is, you know, maybe knowledgeable or skilled across, you know, many different um, areas, ha- is talented, has lots of experience, um, has good judgment, right? So that's kind of like wisdom, you know, in a, in a Merriam-Webster kind of definition sense, right? But the wisdom that Proverbs talks about is a little bit different in the sense that the wisdom comes f- from the fear of God. So that, that's kind of the main theme, right? The, that wisdom comes first from fearing God. So it's this relationship with God where we fear him, not in a in a terror sort of way that we're not you know, afraid of God but in a in a awe and reverence and and a position point of way, right? So where God is 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 God, right? And and we're 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 um, you know humbly under him and and and, and um, you know you know looking to learn everything we can from him. So it's it's this wisdom from fearing God and realizing the need to be led by him. So, um, you know, one of the things that Christ said when uh, he was dealing with um, the cities who who wouldn't believe and repent, he actually thanked God. He said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. So it's kind of this, um, I wouldn't say strange, but unique saying, right? So, So Christ is actually thanking God from hiding these things from the wise and prudent. So But yet, in the book of Proverbs, we're called to be wise and prudent. So, you know, how do we, you know, make these two things work together? So, uh, fortunately, we have the church fathers to help us, you know, interpret some of these things. So, one of the the sayings from Saint Clement of Alexandria, when he is um, interpreting this, he says, the educator and teacher is there naming us little ones or babes meaning that we are more ready for salvation than the worldly wise who, believing themselves wise, have blinded their own eyes. So when Christ is saying that he's thanking God for hiding these things from the wise, he's talking about those who believe themselves to be wise, right? Those who figure, thought they had figured stuff out, right? But who were really blind. And so what Christ is asking us to do is to be, is to be babies or little ones in front of him who, so when you think of a baby, what, what, you know, what can a baby do, right? They can't do much, right? They're in constant need of their parents. So Christ is asking us to be a, a babe in, in front of him in order to learn, so, and that's the, the theme of uh, where, the, where the book of Proverbs deals with wisdom, right? It's wisdom in the sense that it's wisdom with the fear of God or wisdom under God's direction. So St. Basil the Great says, the book of Proverbs provides training which imparts perception and understanding to the recently born child who is hungry for rational and genuine milk. So again, it's like the key to approaching this book is having the spirit of a child, right? Wanting to understand and learn God's ways. So, you know, I compare that sometimes to how I myself Know, approach the Bible or the Word of God, which is sometimes maybe in an analytical or mental type of way, right? But, you know, what St. What Basil's saying here is we, we ought to approach it with the heart of a child, right? Who's, who's generally hung, genuinely hungry to, to learn the Word of God. So the book of Proverbs, there's a variety of topics that it covers so it's anything from money to marriage to alcohol to family relations to civic duties so you know there's topics across all of life spectrum um, so rather than keeping you here for three hours going through each one of these so we're going to cover the ones in the, in the box there um, very briefly so some of the some of the Proverbs and then some of the the saints sayings uh, on these Proverbs. So some of the proverbs on speech, or or how we should be speaking, or our manner of speaking. So, keep your mouth free from perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds the tongue. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. A soft anger, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. A flattering mouth works ruin. Anybody have any um, any insight or something they want to say about these verses? So something that struck me with these last two is um, made me really think. So on the one hand, the advice is um, don't offend your brother, right? Like a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. So kind of be careful of, you know, how you speak or you know, in a way that doesn't offend someone. But then on, you know, later, you know, f- eight chapters later, the advice is a flattering mouth works ruin. So it's kind of like, okay, don't say anything that, you know, would offend your brother, but at the same time, you know, don't speak, you know, flattering words that are not, you know, true or, or just, you know, just to make someone feel better, right? So it's kind of this, you know, putting it all in context, the, di- the different advice together, right, is, you know, be truthful, be honest with in how you speak, but not in an offensive way. So St. Ephraim the Syrian has this beautiful saying on, on um, how our Lord Christ, how he spoke to others. He said, our, our Lord gave most of his assistance with persuasion rather than with admonition. Gentle showers soften the earth and thoroughly penetrate it. But a beating rain hardens and compresses the surface of the earth so that it will not be absorbed. So basically, you know, don't be harsh with your words, right? If you're if you're harsh all the time or, or the way you speak is is very tough, right? It's gonna harden the surface of the person that you're you're speaking to. So that's uh, some of the proverbs on speech. So some of the proverbs, um, so by the way, some of these topics I picked because uh, they're they're some of the most challenging ones, you know, I think for for all of us, for myself, for sure. So um, so this is proverbs on um, accepting correction. So for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. On who, one who is on the path of life Follows instruction, but one who ignores a rebuke goes astray. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. This is actually—I um, went and I looked at three different translations to m- see whether uh, whether stupid was like you know maybe this is the translation <laughs> that was used, but in all three translations I looked at, they all use the word stupid, which I found very interesting. So the, the, the question, the question was uh, back to speech. The question was back to speech. If my wife asked me if this dress makes me look fat, how do I, how do I respond to that? Do I? Maybe some of the wives can answer this question. Yeah, I, I mean, so I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think the, the advice is really to kind of be, be thoughtful before answering. You know, if, you lo- if we look back, if we look back at some of the, the Proverbs, right, it's, uh, you know, they imply, they imply kind of like thinking through, right, what would be kind or nice to the person before answering. But I don't have a good answer to that question. Yeah, but I think that's true. However, I, I think this is in the context of flattering, you know, at least the way I read this, perhaps um, someone else, or, you know, maybe there, there's more church father interpretation on this. The way that I, I read this was flattering mouth in the way that you, you're being dishonest and you're trying to flatter for your own gain or for your own purposes, right? It's not, um, not just, fl- you know, not just trying to be, you know, as kind as you can be, I guess. It's a hard question, Dennis. <laughs> so, yeah. So as as I was saying, uh, you know, I found it interesting that the word um, "stupid" is used here, you know, in, in all the translations. But okay. So, um, some other some other proverbs on correction. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him. Listen to advice and accept discipline so you may be wise the rest of your days. So St. Clement of Rome, um, so so one of, the, one of the things I'll say on this, right, I think th- this day and age, this is becoming, seems to be, becoming ex- more difficult to do, either either to give correction or accept correction. You know, we live in this whatever, you know, cancel culture or whatever it's called, where, you know, anything that's said that is contrary to, you know, someone's actions or beliefs is, is taken very, very harshly, right? But, you know, What what God is telling us here is that, you know, in order to be one of his children, right, or in order to grow with him, right, we have to be able to accept correction, right? We have to be able to accept instruction. So what St. Clement says here is, we must accept correction, dear friends. No one should resent it. Warnings we give each other are good and thoroughly beneficial for they bind us to God's will. Do not refuse the Almighty's warning for he inflicts pain and then makes us well again makes us all well again. He smites, but his hand heals. Any, any questions on correction that don't deal with wife relations? (laughs) So, so I think what the advice here is, um, so the advice here is more on, on accepting the correction, right? So it's, it's not so much, you know, how how we deal with people that are shutting us out when when we you know give correcting advice, but it's more it's more you know when when you know someone gives us you know some instruction or correction or something that you know hey you know I really think you know the way that you are you know dealing with your kids and and you know. Uh, you seem to have a short temper or something, you know, I really think you should be patient, right? It's accepting that that correction, um, you know, and not being offended by it, I think is the advice that's being given here uh, in, in these verses. Okay, so um, next topic, which, so an interesting note, I think between the, the Proverbs on speech and the Proverbs on money, there were an endless number of verses dealing with them. So I, I don't know exact percentages or if there's a way, you know, probably can find out, right? But it seemed like every other chapter in the book of Proverbs either dealt with how we speak to each other or on money. So I um, fa- found this uh, pretty interesting. So some of the Proverbs on money. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Um, I remember a story, I think it was one of the abunas here or somewhere else uh, ta- talking about um, a father monk who used to basically uh, receive donations from you know people who came to the monastery, or you know they w- people would give donations to other monks, and they'd bring them to the monastery. And uh, you know, correct me—I I may not have all the details right on the story—but basically, what this father monk would do is uh, he would essentially give all the money away to the poor, right? All to the needy, right? So he w- he would not even keep a little bit. Um, you know, for saving for the monastery or for saving for some project. He basically would just return it all to, to uh, the needy. And um, there was uh, one of the monks who received a, a donation for, for from someone for the monastery, but he knew that his father monk w- uh, would do this, right? So, and he knew that the, mo- the monastery had needs, right? So rather than you know just transferring all that money over to the father monk, he decided, okay, I'm going to save this part because I know that we need it, um, you know, for the for the monastery and and the rest he, you know, he gave to the to the the elder monk, and uh, later on, um, the person who donated it um, had come and had said to that monk, um, or had come to confess to the elder monk. Uh, I had wanted to give so-and-so amount, but when I came to, the, to give to, to, your, to the monk, um, to, to the junior monk, I decided to keep back for myself. I decided not to, to give it all. So the father monk went directly to, to this novice monk and said, what did you do? What did you do with the, with the amount he gave him? So the, the junior monk confessed, oh, you know, I kept some away. So the father monk told him, see what happens when we 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 don't kind of give our all like basically you know trying to say the the reason that that um not not all you know was given to us and that he didn't provide all to us is because god knew that you were going to keep this little amount back so basically the the gist of the story is that that god will provide for us right As, as we give you know as we give from our first fruits god will provide so the people will curse him who withhold's grain but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Those who trust in their riches will fall. Which we hear Christ repeat this right when when in the response to the rich man who did not follow him he said, you know, it's harder for those it's hard for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of heaven. So, are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. So, this one stuck with me a little bit because I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, in day to day life, you know, we're looking to, you know, improve our, our position, improve our statue, improve our lives, but, you know, maybe that promotion or opportunity you know, to work these extra hours is not really part of God's will, right? It's not going to fall under you know, the fear of God. So you know, I think the advice here is some, some of these, you know, what look like opportunities, you know, they may come with trouble and it's better maybe to have less with the fear of the Lord than this great treasure or these, these great you know, positions and opportunity with trouble not not you know not to say those things are bad and you know god bless you know everyone and in, in, in all their you know positions and work but you know sometimes we make these decisions without the fear of the lord in our mind you know we can actually cause more trouble for ourselves whoever oppresses the bo- poor shows contempt for their maker but whoever is kind to the needy honors god So actually, St. Shenouda, Abba Shenouda, has a very nice saying on this last uh, proverb. He says, Is not the power of wealth to be brought forth and used at a time of need? At the hour in which you return your spirit to the hands of God, you will understand that the full utility of your riches is to use them for the sake of mercy for they were given to you by Jesus Christ, God and the Son of God. Anybody have any comments on money or the, the proverbs on money? So some proverbs on parenting. So most of the proverbs on parenting, maybe all of them, um, focus on the importance of disciplining children. So um, it's interesting, but I think it needs to be kept in context of the other proverbs, right? So, So after this, we'll talk about the proverbs on anger and the proverbs on, and we talked about the proverbs on speaking, right? So I think it's in the full context of, you know, how we discipline our children but speaking you know in the right way and and, you know with with our temperament being correct so um, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it whoever fears the lord has a secure fortress and for their children it will be a refuge discipline your son while there is hope and do not set his heart do not set your heart on his destruction Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. So I know personally for me, right, especially like during this last year of COVID, right, like disciplining our children is becoming, seems to be, you know, takes a lot of energy to do, right? Because, you know, there's so many temptations now and so many distractions. Um, It's very easy to just kind of like, you know, give up and be like, you know, I can't fight, you know, I can't fight the iPhone, I can't fight the, you know, you know, whatever's going on at school, right? It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a losing battle. But I think um, these are good reminders that, you know, it's our, as parents, it's our kind of duty to, to make sure that we, we discipline our children and raise them the right way. Um, St. Jerome has a really nice saying on this, he says, The father schools only him who he loves. The master rebukes only the pupil whom he sees has a more zealous talent. Once the doctor stops trying to cure, he gives up hope. Anybody have any comments on that or questions? All right, so last topic I wanted to cover was anger. Um, so this is mostly self-explanatory, it's basically don't, don't have a short temper, or don't have a short fuse. Um, it's better to be slow to anger, so. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than those who capture a city. So St. John the um has a quote on, on these, uh, these verses about anger. He says that it is clear that no one can be called patient but one who bears without annoyance all the indignities offered to him. And so it is not without reason that he is praised by Solomon who says better is he who restrains his anger than he who takes a city. That's all I had. Does anybody have any questions or comments Glory be to God forever.